0: when people hear or they talk about faith, they think in terms of uh, religion, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, they think of of some faith-based organization, Um, uh, and we we tend to limit the word to religious um, institutions or religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. but as I've said, we all have faith. We all exercise faith. I think God, and uh, here I'm using the word God, I'm introducing the word God into our conversation. Mm-hmm. But God means different things to different people, and um, we we must recognize that um, God is not limited to one ethnic group.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: If God is God, if there is any God at all, he has to be for everybody,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no matter what you call him, what I call him. It doesn't change who he is. <clears throat> so w- if we're going to talk about um, religious faith, I-, I would like to start from, with the premise that there is a God. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo,
2: author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy!
3: I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. There've been times when I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation God gave me blessed consolation That all my trials come to only make me strong Mm, I've been a lot of places And I've seen millions of faces But there were times when I felt so all alone But right there in my lonely hour It became a precious lonely hour For Jesus let me know that I was his own Now I can say I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God, through it all, through it all, oh yes, I've learned to depend upon His Word. He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in the Word of God could do. But now I do. To know I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned. right now Well, for if you never have a problem You never know that God can solve them You never know what faith in the word of God can do, but you can stand like a soldier and say his word through my sickness and pain I've learned to depend upon his word when the doctor walked from my bed and shook his head right I learned to depend upon his word
2: Andre Crouch Another Legend Lighting the Heavens The father of modern gospel, singer, songwriter, producer, and pastor, Andre Crouch wrote, arranged, sang, and produced for such legends as Stevie Wonder, Elton John, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elvis Presley. His musical arrangements graced films like The Color Purple, The Lion King, and the TV series Amen. A seven-time Grammy Awards winner and an Oscar nominee, he was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. The son of business and preacher parents and brother of twin sister Sandra, his influential presence at Light Records chaperoned such luminaries as Jesse Dixon, B.B. and C.C. Winans, Tremaine Hawkins, and many, many others. Andre Crouch, his music inspired, uplifted, and represented many of us. Many of us sang his songs on the stage and in the pews. The journey continues Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I am happy to have you along on the journey. I am Neville. This is the third episode of our inspirational series, Faith and the Future, calling preachers to the podium, one of our top opening series of last season. In this episode, we are paying tribute to Andre Crouch, and we are having a conversation about faith with Andre Klein in St. Lucia, a gorgeous Caribbean island. Andre Klein is the husband of one wife, he reminds me, and the father of four lovely children, three boys, and a beauty. For this series, Faith and the Future, I have invited thoughtful guests of different persuasions for a conversation on faith and its related issues, with the hope that all of us will be enlightened, refreshed, and energized along our elected journeys so let me return to chatting with mr andre klein who wants to discuss the basis for his faith andre
0: welcome back and thank you on what basis is this faith in my case mine have been a a christian base Mm -hmm. of faith Um, but i over the years i've learned i've come to recognize that mine is not the only faith. Um, there are there are people of different religious persuasions who have as much and probably more faith than I have, and I respect that. And um, but my training and my exposure has been in the in the Christian faith, mm-hmm. and so I because of that i am I'm biased, mm-hmm. but because of where I was born, um, I have an appreciation for other faith. Mm-hmm. I was born in Guyana, and in Guyana we had Muslims, we had Hindus, we had uh, the Christian faith uh, and 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 we had my my grandfather was a Jordanite. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so I've had exposure to you know different faith-based groups, um, but my beginnings was with the um, the brethren. Uh, you, may your audience may not know that uh, n- that name because uh, they're pretty much a dying a dying breed now. You don't hear much about the brethren, um, but that's the, that's where my faith started. My faith started with um, a little church in Craig Street, Campbellville. Mm-hmm. and um, I was introduced I, to this faith by you, of all people. <laughs> and um, you know, you're exposed to the kindness. Of, of people, a kindness that um, I thought only was reserved for my grandmother, because I grew up with my grandmother. <clears throat> and when I say my grandmother was a kind woman, um, that's a loose statement because that my grandmother, in as much as she was kind, she was also very cruel.
1: Hmm.
0: And uh, if she lived in America during the time she was bringing me up, she'd probably be thrown in jail. <laughs> Um, because uh, in and the corporal punishment uh, was part of the way of life and um, <laughs> even as I'm thinking about about my grandmother by the way she's still alive you know
1: hmm.
0: yeah she's still alive she's 98 I think Wow she's 98 years old and she's she is she is as strong as ever um, but when I was when I was growing up, uh, and I lived with her, uh, she was a very strict woman, and uh, she had all these um, say sayings, you know, um, proverbs that she would she would quote, and so on. And um, she would drill me to say certain um, poems, and one that stuck in my mind that I've been sharing with my my children quite recently is this one, speak the truth, and speak it ever, cost it what it will. He who hides the wrong he does, does the wrong thing still. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I hated her for teach, trying to teach me that poem. <laughs> um, but later on in life, I began to see the, the merits of that, that poem, uh, the importance of truth. And so, even when you're going to talk about faith, the issue of truth comes right up front there. The issue of trust becomes very important the The issue of uh the authenticity of the the one who makes the promise the competence. Uh, of the one who makes the promise becomes a big issue. The character of the one who makes the promise becomes a big issue mm-hmm. and um so my 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 faith, as I said, began with going to Sunday school and hearing about God, I think, probably for the first time. Uh, because uh, my grandmother, though, though she was a religious woman, didn't talk to me much about God. Mm. Uh, as far as I was concerned, she was God. <laughs> Sorry. <You know? laughs> Gee, I, no, seriously, that, that woman put the fear of whatever God there was <laughs> into me. Because whenever she said something, and I did not take her seriously, I knew that her wrath... Was going to be on me so Sorry. the first experience I had with wrath didn't come from God <laughs> it came from my grandmother who would literally beat the black off of me <laughs> you know so um, and I've had some very interesting experiences with my grandmother hmm. I remember one situation where uh, my grandmother se- sent me to uh, collect something from my grandfather And uh, she said to me, Andre, I want you to to go to your grandfather. I want you to pick up this item, and I want you to come straight back. I am going to spit on the ground. (laughs) My spit must not dry before you get back here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So um, we were living in Garnet Street. My grandfather was living in... uh, William Street That was about just about two or two. one, two, three, three streets away from where, where I was. So I would run all the way to my grandfather, got the item, and you know, when you're running, uh, I was a very forgetful child. <laughs> so while I'm running, I'm trying to remember what it is <laughs> I'm supposed to be picking up from my grandfather. <laughs> So I, <laughs> as I'm running, I'm saying it to myself. And I'm sure people looking at this little child running <laughs> down the road, muttering to himself, what is this mad child doing? So I'm running and I'm muttering to myself what it is that I need to get from my grandfather. So I got the, the item from my grandfather. And my grandfather is a very nice old man. And he gave me some money. And he says, Andre, go buy yourself an ice cream. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm I'm feeling like a king now. <laughs> I have money. I have the item. I'm going to get me some ice cream. <laughs> so I stop at um, this place that sells locally made ice cream. I don't know if you remember locally made ice cream where they put this milk in a, a container and, and they have ice around it and they have to turn it what they call churning the ice. Mm. And uh, as the thing turns, it, it whips up this thing and you get the best tasting ice cream. Huh? Mm-hmm. So um, I got my ice cream in and and, and this little um, ice cream cone and so on. So I'm skipping all my way back home now with this cone. And my grandmother sees me. By now, you know I'm late. Huh? <laughs> The spit is dry. <laughs> the spit is dry. I am late. And I, but I'm eating my ice cream now. So I'm coming back with my ice cream. I'm skipping and I'm feeling like a king when I have my, my, the, the item my grandmother wanted. And by the time I hit the gate, my grandmother is there and I know, oh, oh, I am in trouble. <laughs> She's cleaning fish. Okay, so she has a bowl of fish on the ground, and um, she has this knife in her hand, and she's cleaning the fish, and she calls me, Andre, come here. Neville, I don't know what fear went up into me, but I decided in my stupid brain that I'm going to run from my grandmother. And this woman, like a a ninja, threw the knife at me as I'm running, sticks it in my back, and I fall to the ground, screaming in pain. And my grandmother comes over over me. She says, never run from me when I call you. Come straight to me. Never run. Pulls the knife out of me, takes me (laughs) in the house. Sorry about this. I don't mean to be laughing, sorry. Slaps slaps a plaster on on the cut and I am there (laughs) crying my eyes out. Mm. Neville, I tell you something. I never run from my grandmother again. (laughs) I do not want that woman to throw another knife at me. So, So (laughs) the fear of God and learning to respect authority and being obedient um, to my grandmother was something I was taught very early. So when I went to this Sunday school and I heard about this God and I heard about the awesomeness of this God and then I heard about the love of God and so on and that this God sent his son to to take my sins, I know I was a sinner because uh, my grandmother <laughs> made sure I knew <laughs> a terrible sinner. Sorry. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I had no... I didn't need a preacher to tell me I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of wicked things I've done uh, as a child, mm-hmm. I had to be a sinner. <laughs> you know, there was no way, there's no way of getting around that. Um, so I think one Thursday night, um, by that time I think I was just about 10 going to 11. And I think you had invited me to <clears throat> the youth fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, that was to be on Thursday night
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so this Thursday night um, I went to the youth fellowship and there was a, an Indian brother from the full gospel um, church mm-hmm. uh, he had come and he was talking um, and you know I was listening to him and the more I listened to him the more I felt not intellectually but internally what he was saying was true. I couldn't say why it was true. I couldn't say how I knew it was true, but internally it registered in my mind as true. And so when he gave an invitation um, to receive Christ as my savior and Lord, and to be saved i went up and um i said i can't even remember what i said you know i'm sure he must have prayed and asked me to pray and to confess my sins which was very easy because i mean i had a lot of them (laughs) but um i don't remember what i said but what i do remember is walking out of that little church in Craig street Walking onto Sheriff Street, you know Sheriff Street, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Sheriff Street, well, it's not as busy as it is now, but it was a busy street, busy highway. And every person that I could meet on that road, I was telling them, "I just asked Jesus to be my savior." And every person who I said that to looked at me like, "What were you drinking?" <coughs> Oh, you're smoking. You know, they, they, they looked at me like something was wrong with me, but I was feeling this this excitement, this joy. I couldn't explain what it was, but I just wanted to tell somebody.
2: Mm. Oh, what a joy. Here is Antrie Crouch.
4: Loved me I don't know why he cared I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Didn't care. Where would I be if he hadn't sacrificed his life?
2: Glad he did. What is the basis of your faith? How would you describe your experience of faith? Would you share? I feel compelled to step out of my preferred demeanour on this show to make clear, especially so to those with whom I have spent and do spend so much valuable time recovering and recuperating that I remain unabashedly and firmly opposed to abuse, no matter what the guise, to child abuse, to domestic abuse, to spiritual and religious abuse, to bullying by whatever name you choose to call it. And as you know, I lead and facilitate a number of sessions to walk victims back from these vipers pits. I choose to make this particular thing clear so that no one would be confused or create chances to misinterpret. In the curvature of these precious moments, listening to my friend and brother sharing his reminiscences of real moments. As anyone would chat from friend to friend, no harm intended, it would be a misjudgment to interpret my laughter or our laughter as acquiescence or condoning. In that very breath, my abhorrence of abuse of every type, and my continuing reach out to victims on all sides of any abuse equation, as well as my outspokenness in this moment, is in no way a rebuke to the familiar relationships of my friend and guests. In no way, in no way, in no way. Now, I'm very aware that what some folks call abuse, some other folks are convinced, is nothing but discipline. I'm very aware that what some folks call abuse, others choose to see as love, real love. I'm very aware that what some folks consider bullying, others see as strengthening your spine getting you ready for the real world. I have many wonderful friends who applaud and are grateful and can tell you how magnificently these actions, some call abuse, shake them into the stellar beings they are. Now, I wouldn't want anything different for those folks. Besides, it's none of my business and it is not my call. I'm also acutely aware of many lives destroyed, many lives denied, many lives having to be suited back painful stitch by painful stitch by painful stitch because of the arrogance and the ignorance of folks who know no other way and whether well-meaning or not spent that discipline that love that spinal poison on these lies these see nothing redemptive in that violence no matter by what redeeming name you call it Look around my friends, take a moment and look around. Blackened eyes, bloody noses, battered lives The only solution some know, the only remedy some respond to. It is my stance, my personal stance that we will know no other solution until we learn another solution. Yes, that's what I said. We will know no other solution until we learn another solution. Look around. I may not be able to see what you are seeing, but this cycle of violence, this wicked and evil cycle of domination and submission, there is no out for we will know no other solution unless we learn another solution there is the out we can find it in a moment more often than not it is a process Yep, enough is enough. Now let me climb down from my soapbox and return the stage to my welcome and honored guests to whom I'm very grateful.
1: Mm,
3: How, how can I say thanks For the things you've done for me Being so undeserved Yet you gave to prove your love to me And the voices of a millionaire
2: You are on the journey, and it's time for our question of the week. Our question for today is this. What activates your faith? Is it fear? Is it truth? Is it helplessness? Is it hopelessness? Or is it something else? What activates your faith? That is the question for the day. What activates your faith? The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. As we continue this series on faith in the future, I invite you to check out our many other series. You can find those on thejourney.riosports.com that is the journey, one word, dot RyoSports, R Y O S P O R T S dot com. The journey dot Riosports. dot com. Heartfelt thanks to Andre Klein for sharing his faith. He will be back on the series with us. Thank you, my brother. I am overflowing with gratitude to Andre Crouch. For what he has meant to me and done for my life to us and for our lives thank you bro let me encourage you once again to pick up a copy of Illisette a time to begin again by neville d'angelo that book is called illisate a Time to Begin Again, Ilicet, is spelt I-L-I-C-E-T. It is a Latin word, I-L-I-C-E-T, Ilicet, A Time to Begin Again, by Neville D'Anchelou. You can find it in your various formats on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, or just check online. See you next week.
4: <laughs>